God over sin. He knew how terribly he would have to suffer. But he continues towards Jerusalem for his love, not only for his father, but also for his people, drives him. He knows the judgment that will come upon those who do not repent. And so he goes from town to town, from village to village, teaching, warning, gathering his sheep. And though those warnings of the Lord Jesus did not really fell on their fears, clearly shows in verse 23, someone from among the crowd wondered that, well, if not all Israelites, if not all God's covenant people were going to be saved, were would be able to enter into God's kingdom, how many, or actually, how few people would then be saved? And so, as we read in, us, in, our, in verse 23 of our text, he asked the Lord about it. Lord, will those who are saved be few? Now, it's true that in that time, as well as in our time, the number of those who will be saved is really the Lord's business and not ours, really. But the Lord answers the question nevertheless. And at the same time, he uses it as an occasion to teach something very important to all of his covenant people, those of that time as well as his covenant people of today, those of, of, of his covenant people who are already in the kingdom of God, as well as those who are still outside of it. It's a lesson for all of them. And it's therefore, congregation, that I will preach the word of God to you from the verses 22 through 30 of our chapter under the team. Jesus answers the question regarding the number that will be saved. And then in his answer, the Lord points first to the way to enter into the kingdom. And then he points to the many who will not enter into God's kingdom. And lastly, he will point to the many others who will enter into God's kingdom. Lord, will those who are saved be few. And the answer, the Lord's answer to this question is somewhat indirect. And just in case that this man who asked the question had meant it to be a very general question and probably hoped for a general answer, the answer of the Lord is very specific, very personal. He, the Lord looks that person straight in the eye, so to speak, and he says, strive to enter through the narrow door. Very, very personal. Never mind if there are many or few. You just strive to enter through that narrow door. And that's right. Because salvation, brothers and sisters, is a very personal matter. It is wrong to be selfish. But when it comes to salvation, we need First of all, to be concerned about ourselves. Never mind if we will be one of the many or one of the few. And, and all this does not mean, of course, that we don't concern ourselves at all with the salvation of others. Of course we do. The Lord has called us to be the light of the, in this world, to be faithful witnesses of him. And parents and grandparents, they should be concerned about the salvation of their children and grandchildren. So when I say, 
dat salvation is personal, then I mean this in the sense that every one of you here, brothers and sisters, young or old, needs to personally repent from your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there is not one parent, there is not one grandparent that can do this for the loved ones, or the brothers or sisters, or the friends. And so this morning the Lord says to all of us here to, that each one of us must strive to enter into the narrow gate, narrow door. And the Greek word that is translated in our Bibles with the word strive is the word agonizeste, and, and our verb to agonize comes from the word. So agonize, strive, seriously strive to enter in through that narrow door. It is as if the Lord Jesus says, no, my people, it is not as the Pharisees taught you that if you are as an Israelite, you're in the covenant, and that you're then automatically in the kingdom of God. No, says the Lord, agonize, strive, wrestle, make every effort to enter in through that narrow door. All those words, the agonize and strive, wrestle, they indicate a struggle. Could even be suffering to enter in. It shows that it is not going to be easy for any person to enter into the kingdom of God. And why not? You see, there is only one way to enter into it. And that's through that narrow door. And sure enough, that, that door is wide enough so that everyone who strives to enter will fit through it. But that's then all. It will not allow for anything or anyone else can't not take anything or anyone with you. That is why the Lord Jesus said to that rich young man, remember in Matthew 19, who, who said that he had kept all the commandments, then the Lord Jesus said, sell what you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. For him, for this rich young man, the door is just too narrow to take his riches with him. In the same chapter, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples that everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children for my sake shall receive an hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Now, the Lord would have never said that. If there would have not been a possibility that you might have to give up some of the goods and even some of your loved ones, leave them behind for the sake of following him, for the sake of entering through that narrow door. Now, following the Lord is, of course, the same as entering into the kingdom, the same as being saved. So difficult and grieving sacrifices you might have to make. That's why the Lord speaks of the narrow door. And that's why he uses... Those words agonize, strive to enter through the narrow door. As long as you live, strive to get rid of those things that will not fit through the narrow door and prevent you from entering. Agonize, 
strijd. Also in the sense that you cannot go through that narrow door with your sense that are dear to you. And with that I mean sins that you time and again make excuses for. That's the way I am. Unbelieving friends, even unbelieving spouses or children, you cannot take them with you. The door will be too narrow. It is all about only you, only there are the door, the narrow door. You see, if you carry all sorts of such baggage with you, you will never fit through it. Our Savior, he opened it for, uh, for you, and, and you just need to strive to enter through it. And leave whatever hinders you behind. It is not easy for anyone. That is so very necessary. It's a matter of life and death. A matter of entering in or being outside forever. It's very clear then. It becomes even clearer when we look at our second point. When the Lord points to the many who will not enter into the God's kingdom. Let's look at verse 24 again. The Lord Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able to. Now in the Bibles, we have a period there. And after the phrase, and you will not be able, then a new sentence begins with the word, when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and, and so on. The problem with this is that according to the Greek language, the Greek grammar in which the New Testament was written, there should not be a, peri a period. And so in order to correctly understand what the Lord says here, we must keep on reading. And the words when once are actually better translated with the words from the time on. So now we put it all together. And then we should read, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able to from the time on that the master of the house has risen and closed the door. See, it's so very important to all of us that we get this right. There have been many people of the Lord who have been confused, discouraged even, by this verse, because they understood it to say that many have tried, many have strived to enter in with it, but for whatever reason, they could not. How, however hard they tried, they could not because of that narrow door. And that is not true. That's not what this verse means. Yes, you must strive because the door is narrow. But the Lord had Long ago, already said in Luke 11, verse 9, Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And so it cannot be true that our text means to say that there are people who strive to enter in but are not able to do so because of that narrow door. If those who seek will certainly find. If to those who knock, 
the door will certainly be opened, then those who strive will certainly be able to enter. And so we need to read on. The Lord says to all of us in our text, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able to from the time on that the master of the house has risen and closes the door. People that are not able to enter in are unable to do so, not because they strived in vain, but because they were too late. That's the point. They strive to enter, yes, but after the Lord closed the door. And the Lord on in the verses 24 and 25, paints is a picture to explain it, to make it more clear. It's a picture of a man who has invited many people to a feast in his house. And in a mind, you can see him sitting there at the head of a very large banquet, banquet table. Maybe he's reclining there. They did that in that time. Guests are continually entering into the room. But finally, the hour has come. It's time that the feast should begin. And so the owner of the house, he rises from his couch. There are the head of the table. He crosses the banquet floor, the banquet hall to the door of the house. He closes it, he locks it, so that anyone who is too late is not able to enter through the door any longer. Yes, they were invited, but they were too late. And, and of course, now, now they try. They strive to enter in. They check out the door. It's locked. Maybe they even walk around the house to find some other door, but they seek to enter in, but they can't anymore. And so loudly, they knock on the door and they shout, Lord, open up to us. But from the inside, they hear the voice of the master of the house. I don't know where you come from. Brothers and sisters, keep in mind, the Lord Jesus is telling this story, this parable to the Jews, to the people of Israel. He is speaking to church members, members of the covenant. They thought that this was enough, that they were members of the covenant. They were in the covenant, so they were in the kingdom, so they were saved. They did not need to strive. So many then had to hear it. I don't know where you come from. The Lord continues his story. And so we read that these people are not just leaving at this. Oh no, they truly strive now. They vigorously object. And they shout, we ate and we drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know where you come from. Depart from me, you workers of evil. They object, Lord, we are members of a reformed church. Lord, we came almost every Sunday to church and we heard you teaching. And we often read from the Bible. And we ate and we drank in your presence from your own table. We ate your bread, we drank your wine. You know us. Strive. But the answer for those who do not now strive to enter in will be the same as for those Israelites in Jesus' time who did not strive 
to enter while the door was open. I tell you, I don't know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. Depart from me, all you who deemed husband or wife more important than me. Depart from me, you who were ashamed of my name before man. Depart from me, all you who ignored your promises that you made with your public profession of faith in the baptism of your children. Depart from me, all you who found it more important to have fun than to be faithful. Depart from me, all of you who felt at home in the world but disregarded my kingdom. Depart from me, all of you who, pl who plan to repent from your sins later. Because you first want to enjoy the pleasures of this world. Depart from me. Because you did not strive to enter in while the door was open. You found it too narrow. And now it's closed. And now it's too late. Brothers and sisters, young people. Do you know when the owner of the house will get up and shut the door? In other words, do you know how long you will live or when the Lord Jesus returns? No, of course you don't. No one knows this. No one here knows for sure if he or still will be alive tonight. How many of us will be again here again next week? We don't know. Young people, you don't have to be old in order to die. And that's the moment that the door closes forever. And then it is so important that you have strived to enter before the door closed. So brothers and sisters, for the love of Christ, strive now to enter in through that narrow door. Keep on striving. You don't know when the door will be closed for you. But you do know that is still open now. And that you're here this morning. And that the Lord Jesus himself is telling you, no, urging you, commanding you to strive to enter in. Strive. It is a matter of being inside or being outside. Of entering the kingdom of God now or trying in vain after the door is closed. And where would you then have to go? It's either heaven or, or it's hell. And there is nothing in between. The Lord is honest with us and he tells us how it will be with those who are too late. He said in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And actually in the original language it says there will be the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. That means that there will be weeping as there have never been before. People will weep there as no one has ever wept. It's the weeping of a grief deeper as anyone have ever felt. There will be the gnashing of teeth from unimaginable bitter regret, from unbearable pain, from unrestrained rage and for the horrendous torment of hell. And all of that forever. Yes, the Lord says, you will see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourself cast out. You will see a believing father or mother or grandparents. 
You'll see your wife or your husband, your child inside that kingdom, but you yourself outside. You are not able to enter in because you tried too late. You loved the world just a little too long. Maybe only one minute too long. But you were too late. Forever too late. And, and therefore, forever the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. So, congregation, all of you, young and old alike, strive, agonize to enter through that narrow door. And may God forbid that you wait too long. But there is still that question. Lord, will those who are saved be few? And up until now, the answer is, strive to enter through the narrow door for many, I tell you, will not be saved. They will be too late. What does that mean then? That there indeed are only a few that will be saved? Does it mean then that for some of us, it is impossible to be saved, to enter into the kingdom of God because there is only room for a few? No way. Absolutely not. For the Lord is not finished speaking yet. And he also points to the many others who will enter into God's kingdom. The answer from the Bible is that there will be many who will be saved. For example, in Revelation 7 verse 9, we read, And a great multitude that no one could number of every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and having palm branches in their hands. It's a multitude that no one can number. There's more than a few. more than a few that will be saved. That is why the Lord Jesus, in our text, in the verses 29 and 30, says that people will come from the east and the west, from the north and from the south, and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, he said, there are some, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. When the Lord Jesus said these words, the people would come from the east and the west, from the north and the south. He was, of course, in the land of Israel. And east of Israel continued Asia, the continent of Asia. And west of Israel is North Africa and the continent of America. And north is Europe and part of Asia. And to the south is the continent of Africa. And of all those nations, of all those peoples and continents, the God, and to, to all those peoples, the continent, has, the gospel has been preached. And already for centuries, myriads of people have been streaming through that narrow door into God's kingdom. And also today, the door is still open. Oh yes, it is the narrow door, but it has not been too narrow for any of the millions that already strived and, and entered through it. The door is always open for them, and it will remain open for everyone who strives to enter. That narrow door, like I said, is also open here in church this morning as, you, as this word of the Lord is preached to you. And if you haven't yet, it is not too late to begin striving. Because behind that narrow door, there is more than enough reason 
to strive to enter through it. Beyond that door, you will find glory unknown, peace like a river, happiness unending, love without bounds. There is our God, there is our Savior, and that tender affection and care will surround you forever. Angels will serve you, and you may join the laughter of the redeemed, and your voice will never grow tired, and you will reach the highest tones of praise forever. You will know the peace that God approves of you. Isn't that awesome? Isn't worth striving for? Soon the moment will be there that the owner of the house will rise and, and shut the door. When will it be? You don't know. Where will you be? You don't know. You do not need to know. But this you know, that you have to strive now to enter in. Today is Sunday. And the gospel has been or will be preached everywhere in the world. Today, again, there will be churches full of people that hear the gospel. And maybe some, and maybe many of these people are bored with the sermon. And they think already about the fun part that comes after church. These people really believe that they are already in the kingdom of God because, hey, they are members of the covenant. They have their Bibles. They know their catechism a bit. So they are in. They are first, they think. And they don't need to attend the Bible study. They don't need to begin every day with the words of the, of the Lord and with prayer. And they don't need to be so different from the world that they stick out. They do, not, they do not need to go to the second afternoon, to the afternoon worship service. I'm first. I'm in already. Others still strive. Because they are afraid they will be last. Their sins and their shortcomings bother them often. So they keep on striving. They're afraid they will be last. And so the gospel continues to invite people into the kingdom of God everywhere until the house is full. The hour comes that the, that the master of the house gets up and shuts the door. Somewhere in China, there might be a woman who hears the gospel today for the first time in her life. She has no Bible. She doesn't know what a catechism is. And there is really not a church that she can join. But she hears the gospel and she begins to break with her old life and she begins to strive because she thinks she's lost. Maybe somewhere in Iran there is a young girl that hears the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ and all she can do is trust herself to him whose love drove him to the cross for her. And she begins to strive in spite of all the cruel persecution that's facing her. Because she too, she thinks she's last. And maybe there is in an inner city slum somewhere a young boy who's a member of a violent street gang. But on the street he hears the gospel preach and he begins to strive for he too, he knows I'm last. You see, all this may well take place today. But of course we don't know for sure. But you do know for sure 
That you, all of us here, have heard what the Lord said in our text. That you are to strive to enter to the narrow door. And I so hope that none of you here thinks that he or she is first, but that you all begin or continue to strive to enter in. Because you do not want to end up last. For it is just as the Lord says, and behold, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. Maybe at this very moment, the master of the house gets up. Maybe, we don't know, but maybe this sermon is the sound of his footsteps on his way to shut the door. Maybe. You don't know. But you do know that you're told by the Lord to strive to enter through the narrow door. He was on his way to Jerusalem to open the door for everyone who strives to enter in. His love drove him. And his shed blood witnesses that he longs to have you. The door is open for all of you. And you hear his voice as he also today cries out to you, strive to enter through the narrow door. Amen. Congregation, let's sing Psalm 16, the stanzas 1, 4, and 5.
Let us pray.